Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good morning and welcome to the podcast to be named later here on the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. He is Jared Pugar. I'm Alex Stump. Jared, we're, we're going back to our roots here for a little bit and we're going to be for the next two weeks channeling some young bucks energy here. Oh, this is a throwback. I like it. It That's is how we thr- got our started. That's how I got my start in the podcasting network. We're going back. It's prospect release time. People have asked, you know, on the site, are you guys going to write up a top 10 prospects list? Jared and me, th- this is like perfect podcast material because this, I-, I like having someone to bounce ideas off of with this. We're breaking it up into two sections like we did last year. We're going to look at our top 10 hitters this week. Next week, we're going to look at the top 10 pitchers in the system. And Jared, not to put any words in your mouth, I, I had a, some difficulty rounding out my list here. Like the first couple spots were pretty easy. I mean, there are a couple top 100 guys in the system. I mean, who am I to be the one who goes against literally everyone's analysis there? But the last couple ones, it's, I could see it really fluctuating. Yeah, and that's the thing that's tough because the top five, I mean, we were talking before we were started uh, recording that our, our top five are the same. They might be in different orders um, for a couple of them but they are nonetheless the same five guys. Now, mm-hmm. after that, I'm sure there's going to be varying differences. And that's kind of the, the beauty and the depth of the Pirates organization. They have some guys that are impressive to some people and, uh, and not to others. That's the beauty of it. And I think that's what's going to make our, our list unique here as we put t- together the 10 pitchers or 10 hitters and 10 pitchers. My top 10 pitchers list is only just going to be Roanti Contreras. <laughs> 10 times so if you need me next week let me know but that's my guy okay that that's fair that's fair i mean he's gonna be number one on my not to spoil next week i mean stick around for the rest all right but, see you guys uh, in two weeks when we actually have something that we didn't spoil <laughs> in two weeks uh what's going on in two weeks i'm gonna be in bradenton we'll, we'll go with that I'll speak it into existence. Alex will have a suntan and we will still be ice cold up here. But Alex, enough about future plans. Let's get to the future of the Pirates organization. Who's your number 10 guy? I am cheating right off the bat because I have two player, two players here for the what? number 10 spot. 
and I'll I'll let you if you call shenanigans on this, I'll pick one of them. But right now, I kind of have a hard time. It's Diego Castillo, who is a safer bet. He came over in the Clay Holmes trade from the Yankees along with Hoy Park. The fact that they got Clay Holmes, they got people for Clay Holmes is baffling. But continue. And Clay Holmes had a good relievers, man. Was- yeah. Clay Holmes in particular, like I, I'm not ready to write off like the Pirates absolutely made a huge mistake there because we've seen Clay Holmes be dominant for two months and then just stink for two months. He, he's a very right. inconsistent. Maybe he did figure everything out. But Castillo was someone who, whenever the Yankees signed him as an international free agent, was uh, highly touted, then stumbled for a long time in the minors. And, and it wasn't until this last year that he finally had a big year in double A. And you know what? That's a big place to have that big year. And Pirates acquired him in Hoy Park, who was in the same situation as just someone, you know, maybe a late bloomer. I don't see his ceiling being that high. I think he could compete for the second base job, you know, this, this upcoming season. I think he could be in the infield mix, but I don't see him, you know, being better than some of these other shortstops in the system, any of the second basemen in the system. I, I just don't see him ever being a real starter here. And that's probably for the best because I don't view him as a major league starter you know, long-term anyway. Who's your second? Who's your second guy at number 10? The second guy is definitely more volatile and there is a far greater chance that he doesn't do anything in his career, but the ceiling is so much higher. And that's Lonnie White Jr. Who is this super athletic kid who's got a good head on his shoulders and, you know, basically everything that you want in a center fielder. He's got good hit tools. He's fast. He can cover ground. He has good baseball knowledge. He's also a high school kid, and I have a hard time putting him really on the list without having played a game in full season ball. So, in pure talent-wise, it's Lonnie White right now. Castillo is a far safer bet, though. Yeah, that's fair. I like I like Diego Castillo. I think he's a very good hitter. He didn't make my list um, for this one, but I do I do respect your opinion on that because I've seen him play in Altoona. He played for Somerset uh, in the Yankees organization. Um, very very, very good ball player. We actually had him on Young Bucks um, over the summer, uh, right after That's the right. trade. Um, so very knowledgeable about the game, athletic. I see him as a utility guy in the uh, in the majors. Not maybe not necessarily a starter, but a fill-in guy. Um, but the hit the hit tool is there. I think he's got some potential there. Um, but with the way that the Pirates look to be now, granted, these guys are prospects. So what they do from here on out is yet to be seen, but it looks to be like there's going to be some plugs up at third, obviously third base is held down for quite some time shortstop and in second base. We just don't really know quite yet how that's going to play out, but I don't see him cracking. He's not better than O'Neill Cruz. He's not better than Piguero. Um, he's not better than Nick Gonzalez, um, but he is a serviceable player. Um, and I think there is value in that and being a utility guy. So it'd be interesting to see how they let him develop. My number 10, I'm cheating, was Rodolfo Castro. Um, obviously, he got that cup of tea in the, in the majors this year. Um, it was more of like a, like a lunch of tea or like a week-long tea. Uh, but he had some extended time to majors, did, did a very, very good job. Obviously, powers there um, came back to earth pretty hard. I take that with a grain of salt because this is the first time a lot of these guys have played in obviously two years. Um, the grind of a baseball season is much different than going to, let's say, uh, a satellite camp um, 
or extended spring training where you're just, you can't replicate games the way that you do. Um, but I think, you know, again, he's a guy that could very well be a second baseman could also, I think, start if he, if things go his way, but again, with the pirates, I don't think he's better than Gonzalez or Peguero or Cruz or anybody else uh, for those, at least out of those guys. But again, could be a utility guy um, moving forward. He's I someone I who barely missed the list there. And I guess that would make him like my honorary number 12 on my list. Like he's just so damn exciting to watch play baseball. Yeah, he is. He's fun. He's fun. I mentioned this on, I was on Corey Geiger's radio show in Altoona uh, sports central uh, the other day. And we talked about, um, baseball and we talked about why people don't like it well it's not fun Rodolfo Castro is fun man his energy and his leadership is just so contagious I mean you saw that in Altoona I can't really say you saw it in Indianapolis but you did see it in in Derek Shelton even mentioned it Miguel Perez mentioned it the Altoona Curve manager in in 2021 now the Indianapolis Indians manager he's fun it's contagious it's energetic he brings life to the organization and to to the team and um, I think that would be, I think that's what you need. You need that, that fun guy. And now I'm going to steal your thunder. Um, number nine for me was Lonnie white. Um, I like his upside because he's athletic. I mean, he was going to go play college football at Penn state. Um, so the dudes can play, he, the dude's an athlete, no matter what. Uh, and you can do a lot of things with, with that athleticism. He's still young. And raw, and he has to develop, and I think he's going to thicken up and, and add some muscle to that frame, which is a blessing too. Um, so there's that. He's athletic again. You know, I, I we don't know much about the hits, uh, the hitting tool, because obviously we haven't seen much of him yet. Drafted last year, but he's a guy with I think a lot of upside moving forward. The best comp I got, or at least the most entertaining one I got for him, was okay, you've got, you know, Aldi's and you know, Aldi compared to like what you could get at a regular supermarket. And it's like almost as good, like really close to being as good. Uh, Lonnie White could be the Aldi version of Starling Marte, which I, I like that metaphor. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm lumping eight and nine together because I'm really just splitting hairs here on who's eight and who's nine, because they are two middle infielders who probably should stay at second base for their, you know, to maximize their personal thing, but they would probably be a lot better suited as utility players. They have gotten some experience in utility slender guys who don't have a ton of pop, but have good bat to ball skills. We are talking about G Bay and Tucky Peter Marcano, put them in eight and nine, whatever, whatever order suits you. I, I feel exactly the same way about both of these guys two speedy guys. I think Marcano does a better job of, you know, creating something out of nothing. And Bay maybe has a better overall bat tool. I, I don't know. I, I would probably lean towards Marcano. First know. of all, I learned this summer that everybody loves curved Bay ball. Um, ah. So I had to get that plug in there. But the thing with, you know, Juwan Bay is he found a power stroke. He had not hit a professional homer in quite some time until this year uh, after he was injured, hit the, hit the injured list, and then came back on fire. And I like that. Obviously, if you can, if you can find that power stroke and they're mixing them up position-wise later in the season in Altoona, that versatility, I think, can play. Um, and Marcano, I think, has is, is got some tremendous upside, too. Now, those guys didn't make my cut. I went with Andy Rodriguez at number eight. Um Ooh. 
for me, I like his upside because now, you know, with Henry Davis in, in the fold, they're going to move Rodriguez around quite a bit. And I think that's going to play into him. I mean, being a catcher is a grueling experience. It's a grind, but you know, that's a situation where if he's not behind the plate every day, I think that's going to help his hitting um, to be perfectly honest with you, as far as from the physical um, aspect of it, uh, it's a lot less wear and tear, uh, which I think bodes well for him in the future. And then number seven, I had Bubba Chandler. Um, I like Bubba Chandler because listen, if he's good enough to, to, play both ways there's got to be some tremendous upside and something to be seen from a guy that they're allowing to do that obviously that's the sexy thing right now because of Shohei um but not everybody is Otani um and by no means am I making that comparison I'm only doing that because it's the same situation um albeit now that we have a universal DH forever you know there's a lot of there are a lot more options um I I didn't put Chandler on the list just because he's going to be on the pitcher one for me. Like it was a pick which one of the two. And I think he has a far, far, far better chance of being a pitcher rather than a hitter at the major league level. Maybe he does stick as a two-way player, but there's just, I see no path where he is only a hitter. So I'm putting him on the pitcher one. Um, In Rodriguez, I actually have his number six. I'm a little higher on him than you i guess i i really love his baseball instincts he has a good collection of tools there isn't anything that absolutely blows you away this is you know outstanding but there's no real weakness with it and whenever you have good game feel you just become i think he plays up a little better than his you know abilities because of his baseball knowledge i that's not a knock i think he could be a good baseball player at the major league level. And I think he's someone that maybe is a sleeper for a top 100 spot this time next year. No, I think that's fair. I think that's a, um, I think that's a very good outlook. Again, upside is there. Like I said, with him, the versatility, I think is, is going to be um, where it needs to be this year with him playing um, different positions. Um, so I'm, I'm excited to see what he's got. Uh, now for me at number six, I had Travis Swaggerty. Swaggerty is a guy that I thought could have been in the majors this year, should have been in the majors had it not been for his shoulder surgery. Um, but I think his upside, I just want to see what he can do um, because we haven't gotten an extended look at him uh, in quite some time. Obviously didn't get to see him in double A. He spent time at the, the um, alternative site. And I just want to see what he can do because he's this kind of white Buffalo that nobody really knows anything about right now. Um, I thought he was doing okay in AAA before he got hurt. And then, and he should have been in that outfield rotation at the end of the year. But again, the shoulder surgery, it, it ended a season. Now I want to see what he's able to do coming off really two lost seasons um, to COVID and then to the injury. I had Swaggerty as number seven. So this is a perfect way to wrap up this first uh, segment. I what we knew about Swaggerty coming into last year, going into last year, was he had speed, he was a good defender, and he had a strong arm. And yeah, he had the shoulder surgery, but it was to the non-throwing shoulder. That's not going to change anything. And while he was at the alternate trading site in April, he was the guy. He was the guy that really grabbed people's attention, that really got people to raise eyebrows like, okay, here we go. Here, Travis Swaggerty's maybe having his breakout. They push him a little bit. They send him to Indianapolis, and he starts off really well there, albeit in a very small sample size, and 
then gets hurt. We absolutely would have seen him in the majors last year if if he wouldn't have gotten hurt. I I don't know how high his ceiling is, but I think he's a high floor guy. I, I look at Travis Swaggerty, and the worst case scenario is you have a good defensive fourth outfielder. If that hit tool plays, then this guy is a major league starter and probably a pretty good one, an above average one. On top of that, I don't think he's going to be this, you know, all-star or MVP candidate that maybe you hope for whatever you pick, take him with the ninth overall pick, but he was always a bit safer of a player. He's got a high floor, and I think that has to – a really high floor, and I think that has to count for something. Yeah, I agree. I, I, and that's the thing. That's the thing that sucks is I, we just haven't been able to see him, and that's a guy that we really want to see. So I'm very interested to see what he'll be able to do this year and, and see how he can develop. And I would expect to see him in Pittsburgh if, if there's a major league season rather quickly. Yeah, it's, it's going to be sooner rather than later. Not opening day, but sooner rather than later. If there is an opening day. We're going to take a break. I'm going to pretend to say that. We've got our top fives coming up there. We gave you 10 through 6, 6 through 10, whichever way you want to look at it. Now it's the top five, Alex. And we've got quite a bit of familiarity here. And, you know, Alex and I tend to agree sometimes, not all the time, but there is a lot of agreement uh, in this five, at least with the players, maybe not with where they're at in the order. Yeah. The first half, Jared and me, we, we were figuring that out each other's list as it went on um the top five we spilled the beans on what was going on in the top three spots we agree with four and five we flip on the order of the players uh but it's 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 the same players it's i have matt frazier at five and uh, louis verpiguera at four i think matt frazier is the best outfield prospect in the pirate system and it's 100 self-made I profiled him in depth for that player development piece that I did back in October, I believe it was, where it's someone that knew he had to make a change and knew he had to do something uncomfortable, and he pushed through. And, man, is he not the poster boy of what this player development movement should be? Individualized training, knowing where he needs to work, and adapting. A, a good adapter die type player. He has a big year in Altoona. If he has a big year in Altoona, then boy, the Pirates outfield situation looks a whole lot more bright for 2023. Yeah, I, I like Frazier. Um, I had him at number two on my list just because of that upside. It's self-made. Really, whoa, whoa, you had him at two? Yes. Wow. Okay, yes. I, I thought you had him at four. I'm sorry. No, 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 no. I have Henry Davis at four. Um, but speaking of Frazier, I like what I saw in Greensboro and I like what I saw with him in the short stint in Altoona. I mean, he came up and it was kind of flawless. My thing with him is that he, he is self-created. So obviously that motivation is there. You mentioned the development program. He's a guy that turned that, that lost season 
um, into something good. He wasn't at the alternative site. He did this on his own. And he, I think, you know, that, that speaks volumes. And this isn't any knock on anybody else, but what Matt Frazier was able to do, I mean, their show of hands for those of us that are listening on the, um, on the DK Pittsburgh sports broadcast network, but how many of you knew of Matt Frazier before last year? And, you know, there aren't very many people. So yeah, that's a, for me, that's an, that's a catastrophic jump. That's a huge jump, but to me, it's well-earned because, this is a guy that's got that's more than willing to do what it takes to get where he wants to be. And I would expect him to be in Altoona maybe the first month of the season if he doesn't start out in AAA. Um, but I'm very interested to see what he's able to do and to see his upside um, moving forward. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to, to steal your thunder there with your number two pick. It's all right. It's all right. You steal my thunder all the time. You've been doing it since uh, the Altoona Curve won the Eastern League. Oh, my God. Oh my God, 2017. I don't let anything go. I no, you do not. So uh, <laughs> I guess we'll go forward with my list. Where did you have Pagero? I had Pagero at five. Um, okay. Yeah, I had Pagero at five. Again, good upside, great, great glove. Obviously, this is not a defensive show, but um, the, the bat can play. And I'm, ex- I'm very excited to see what he's got. Obviously, double A is going to be an adjustment. I'm excited to see that and see how he makes that move uh, to Altoona. So it'll be interesting to see what happens for him. Yeah, I I'm interested to see how he makes that jump to Altoona. He I know he didn't have like the most eye popping stats in Greensboro, but he was playing up a higher level than you know without a year of ball in 2020. I think that hurt him. Uh, just not being able to go through a normal progression. He's someone that maybe that does hurt a little more, but. I like the tools. I think he's someone who can stick at shortstop. I think he's someone who could have like a 115 OPS plus of the major leagues with 20 stolen bases. It's like, what, what do you want here? I think he's someone who could hit field and throw at the major league level at a good or really good rate. I, I get there's a good bust possibility here also. And that, you know, he, maybe he's just a major league utility infielder. Maybe he flounders once he gets up to the upper levels of the system and the tools just don't translate anymore. I get there's a lot of risk with here, but I think there's good upside for him to be an impact player at the major leagues for a long time at yeah. a premium position. No, I think so too. Um, and I like his glove at shortstop. I think if there is ever somebody that maybe of it um, beats out, O'Neill Cruz at shortstop, it would be Piguet. Um, will that happen? I'm not really sure. Um, but he's a guy that gives you a little bit of hope moving forward that, hey, this kid can play. Um, and this kid can swing the bat. And I'm excited to see what he's got. Number four for me was Henry Davis. Um, I like his bat. Obviously, we got to see him in a little bit of a stint uh, last year in Greensboro before injury ended his season. Um, tremendous upside. Number one pick for a reason. Very excited to see how this bat develops because this could be a game changer in the Pirates organization. It's really kind of bleh at the catcher position. Yeah, I mean, there he's the big name at the catcher position. I have him at number two on my list. Um, first of all, the big knock I had on him defensively was pitch framing and just being a receiver. And it really does look like that's going to be a non-issue by the time he's up in the major leagues. We are getting closer and closer to robo umps until then. That's still like a concern there, but I don't think it's enough that, you know, you have to move him off of catcher. He does enough other things while he's really 
good at building pitcher relationships and trying to build that rapport. I think that's all very valuable. And he brings a very developed bat to a premium position. And I know a lot of these guys we say, or at least not to put words in your mouth, Jared, but I say raw, you know, needs to develop, you know, stuff like that. I think Henry Davis was the most developed bat in this past draft. And usually that means, you know, lower ceiling, but it was also a high ceiling both in terms of, you know, being able to hit for average and being able to hit for power. If you could do that as a catcher, that's a, that's something big. And you know what, with a designated hitter in the, in the national league going forward, you get more at bats that way. You can play 150 games. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm the DH is going to help catchers. I think in the national league more than anybody, because if, if you can stick it, um, then they're going to be playing quite a bit. And I think that's great for guys like Henry Davis. Um, if, if he can get up there, that, that, that hitting can develop the way that it needs to. Um, I would expect that he's going to start the season in double A and then see what, see what happens, man. And I think that's, that's always a good thing. Um, and then, so moving on, uh, I got Nick Gonzalez at number three. Um, I love his style. I love his game. He's the second baseman of the future. I think uh, he's also a guy that can play shortstop if you needed him to. I think uh, he's got the range to do that in the athleticism, but he can hit the ball, man. And I'm very excited to get an extended look at him in Altoona. And I say that knowing I probably just jinxed it. And if he ends up in Indianapolis, well, I'm road tripping Indianapolis too. Don't worry. He's going to make a stop in Altoona first. I had him at number three too. And dude's just a hitter. Like I, not to downplay the the glove or any other aspect of it. Maybe he's like Keston Hero of the, the Brewers and moves over to first base eventually. Like the, the glove is what it is. The not to say that it's bad, but it's just not anything really worth mentioning here. It, you're, you're here for Nick Gonzalez for the hit tool and someone who has that, you know, 30 double power in, you know, 15, 20 homers. It's someone who's going to slug 500 at the major league level with a good on base percentage, just a good all around hitter at second base, which may not be as premium, premium as uh, shortstop or catcher, but it is still up the middle. And honestly, whenever you look at this list and the obvious choice for number one for both of us, Pirates could have a pretty solid up the middle of young kids for years to come because this is a no-brainer. O'Neill Cruz is number one. Right. This is unanimous. Um, The dude can hit, man. And I know I've said this a couple times, but when he was in Altoona initially in 2020, um, or I'm sorry, 2019, um, I always forget that 2020 never really happened. But no. um, I was fortunate enough to throw batting practice. I'm left-handed. I'm a local uh, local coach here. Uh, they asked me to come throw batting practice, and I threw. And O'Neill Cruz was in the hitting group that I threw to. Well, I don't ever really shy away from things behind an L screen. This dude, there's just a different pop that comes off of his bat. It, the ball just explodes. Um, and, you know, this is a guy that's got – a tremendous, tremendous upside. You can say what you want about where you want him to play in the field. He's athletic enough to play shortstop and get it done at then at this level. I'm fairly certain. I know that I've been kind of wishy-washy on that in the past, but I do think that if there's anybody that could do it, it would be O'Neill Cruz. I think he's definitely athletic enough to play the outfield, but at the end of the day, man, if you got to find a way to get this bat in the lineup again, universal DH, 
he's going to get his bats. And I think that's going to be where Derek Shelton's really going to make his money this year is how he utilizes that DH spot. Um, Cruz is too athletic to play first base. Um, and I say that it's weird to say he's too athletic, but you need a guy with his arm and his size and range and athleticism. He's either going to be a corner outfielder or he's going to be at shortstop that I don't think that there is anywhere else for him. Um, but he's a guy that can play both sides at both places and do well at it, but also hit for power and power. He will hit. Yeah. And you know what? 2022 is not the year for the pirates. So give him a good long look at the shortstop at the major league level. Find out if this is really viable. And if the answer is no, well, you have an answer. Because if he could bring that offensive profile to shortstop and open up right field or left field for either an outside addition or someone else, you know, down the line, that's a that's a game changer. That's a real game changer if the Pirates have their – I really hesitate to make this comparison because he's not the same base runner. He's not – it's it's the closest thing the Pirates have had to a Tatis, you know, in their run through their system in a long time. Yeah, no, that's a really good way to look at it. And I'm again, man, the upside and the ceiling are are incredible for O'Neill Cruz. With like we mentioned, that high floor, he's got a high floor too. Um, and again, to talk about the universal DH, this is a guy that could use that. And and yeah. with the way that this is going, so like let's say let's look ahead in 2023 here. You got. Uh, you should probably have a Piguero. You should probably have a Gonzalez, and you should probably have obviously Cruz if if things go well. So that's a three man rotation up the middle. You got Piguero and Cruz at short. Gonzalez, you can play there too. But Gonzalez is at second. You probably got a Castro there too, um, depending on what they do with him moving forward. And then you can have one of those guys, DH, um, if you can find that first baseman of the future. If it's a Mason Martin. Or, or whoever, or if, um, you know, if, if that works. But, again, use that DH, man. Put that guy that's not in, give them that, give them that off day uh, in the field and get them their work at the plate. And I think that could be the potential for some, some a positive, positive Pirates lineup moving forward. We are going to take one more break. Whenever we come back, Jared and me are going to pull one name out of the hat of the deep, 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 deep sleeper. We'll be right back. And welcome back to the podcast to be named later slash young bucks slash whatever we want to call it this week. Jared, no explanation. No explanation. You're not allowed to just, just give a name of someone who is very deep, not even close to top 10, but we should keep an eye on just in case they have a big season so we could look very smart. King Smith and Jigba. I'm going a lot younger with Jan Jerez. Okay. There we go. If they have big years, we're very smart. If they don't. We're still smart, but not very smart. Yeah, we, we just missed. You know, this we, we presented this as like a complete deep dive here. Come on. Now, we must preface this by saying, since this was minor league related and they're having a season, we're going to talk about baseball in the third segment here for the next couple of weeks. Um, 
but yeah, I, I like I like Kenan Smith and Jigba. Obviously, that he's a very athletic player. Um, came over in the, the Jamison Tyon trade. Um, good year in Altoona. I'm very excited to see what he's able to put together here in 2022. Pitchers next week. You ready for this, Jared? Always. We'll be here, right here on the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. So you you should probably subscribe. You know wherever you know you find fine podcasts, we'll be there. We'll break down our list and try to build some suspense before saying Contreras is number one. For Jared Brugar, this is Alex Stump. Thank you so much for listening. We'll talk again next week. Mm-hmm.